It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Welcome to another and the final episode of Stove for 2022-2023. We're getting ready for the 2023 Mariners baseball season. And, of course, the long off season has uh, finally come to an end. It's officially over uh, now at this point, uh, Bucky. Uh, there are pitchers and catchers in in the summer states mm. that are pitching and catching right. as we speak yeah. right now. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to still wait and consider it over when the athletes show up. Okay. <laughs> uh, but uh, I see where your point is. Yeah. You know what I mean? That is very true. We are officially, it is upon us. It is time for the warm weather, which we get to go down to yeah. next week. Not excited about that at all. Or the beef sweats. Or uh, the in and out. I'm so excited about everything. I mean, we got to go last year, and that was my first thing in two years that I had done, period. And I, it was kind of weird. Mm-hmm. This year, I'm going to... I'm blowing it. I'm going to be like, you know, uh, Robert Downey at the cocaine store. Yeah. Oh, winning. <laughs> Is that not him? That's somebody else. I don't that's know. Martin Sheen. Yeah. 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 Whatever. Still that's, winning. Yeah. That's uh, that's Martin Sheen at Fascinations. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to be great. I uh, can't wait to get down there. So, yes, our coverage is going to uh, begin Monday morning at 6 a.m. Uh, right on uh, Chuck and Buck Sports Radio 93.3 KJRFM. So with the uh, offseason coming to an end, so does the stove offseason podcast uh, with this. And so we treat the last one uh, as the preview to the preview of the preview. Right. Yeah, because spring training is pretty much just one giant preview. And mm-hmm. so we are previewing our preview of the preview. Right. Yeah, we get down there, we preview what they're they're going to look like in spring training games, uh-huh. which is the preview to what they're going to look like in the season. Yeah. yeah, a lot of previews. Which is also just the regular season preview to the postseason. Yeah, yeah. Which we can talk about that now. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely we could talk about it so uh let's let's dive in and, and let's let's forecast a few things about uh, the season our coverage all of that uh, combined um some of the things those catchphrases that you always uh, find yourself discussing uh down at at uh spring training um for number for instance and we talked about this a little bit on the air today uh the number one storyline going into camp we spent time on the air today discussing uh daniel kramer he was sort of the springboard for a conversation of uh, his number one storyline and he went with George Kirby and Logan Gilbert and managing their innings this year and you and I had a discussion on this on a radio show and kind of arrived at the same conclusion I'm not looking for any inning restrictions on those two dudes Um, last year was the year to be careful for Kirby because he's throwing the most innings he's ever pitched they got to the end of the season like we don't have any restrictions on him well why would you have any now uh and logan looks like he got through the worst of it um when he kind of started struggling halfway through last season and then by the end of the year he was better than he was at the beginning of the year Mm -hmm. uh so i my answer is how how much restriction would you like to see scott place on kirby and gilbert 
None. Right. Yeah. None. Not, Let him rip. Yeah, I don't want any either. I mean, maybe a an idea that they kind of threw out at the pre-spring training luncheon. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe an idea of, of trying to pull back on the reins a little bit going into spring training, right? Like right now and the first little bit, not trying to get them ramped up to where they're, you know, maybe on the verge of going, you know, say they go out there their first couple starts and they're seven innings deep and at 92 pitches, well, we're going to push them over 100. Maybe early you're like, that's good. You just went seven innings and 92 pitches. Even though you're shoving it, we're not going to send you back out there to make you go to 105 to 110. But that's it. That's that is minimal. You're still letting them run. You're still letting them charge ahead. You're just saying, okay, we're not going to run them out of gas early because ultimately middle of the season you're going to run into a little bit of a – it's the dog days of August. It happens. You play that many games and that many days and – that much travel, you're gonna you're gonna have kind of a lull at some point. So you want to be able to kind of push through that and not risk injury. And then obviously the the postseason drive and postseason is when it really matters. And so I think if you do, if there's any limiting, it's not limiting like okay, here's our cap. You know, Logan Gilbert 185 innings last year. We're not letting him go over 190. There's, I don't think there's any cap type yeah. thing like that. I don't think there's any limitation. But if you're gonna say okay, we're gonna we're going to try to manage this thing early to where we're not over overusing you or making you making it to where you're going to run into a wall at some point in time during the season. I think that's fine early. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, they did keep depth, whether by choice or by force. Um, Flexen, they weren't able to trade. They did try to move him. Didn't get anything they liked. Uh, I don't know if they tried to move Marco. I would assume he was available. But they're still both on the roster at this point. And it sounds like Bryce Miller, who we talked about in last week's episode of Stove, um, is somebody that they feel is major league ready, whether that's as a bullpen piece this year or he's built up as a starter to this point in his career that uh, maybe he's a starting pitcher uh, for this team um, heading into the season. So they have depth uh, to pull from. There's no question about it. Um, But – you know, so maybe they jockey those innings around a little bit at the beginning of the year, but I would do very little. It sounds to me like um, it's, you know, it's it's a lot of conversation, uh, and when push comes to shove, you're trying to make the playoffs this year. If you were saying George Kirby doesn't need the limitations at the end of last year in his rookie season, then I'm certainly not going into a second season thinking that anything's any different. No, and I think that this team has uh, the organization. I think has a good, a good feel between the science and analytics, and you know all this stuff. We we last year we heard, kind of coming down the stretch that they were going to limit guys, that they were going to limit their innings, and I was kind of like, oh man, what's that going to look like? We talked about it multiple times, and mm-hmm. yet when we had Pete Woodworth or Service was one of the two. Woodworth was it Woodworth? Yep. That we said. So what's what's going to happen? You guys, these guys are getting up in the innings where you don't want them to go th- more than 30 more innings than they did the previous year or whatever that was. What's that going to look like? And he says, does it look like they need rest to you? And, I mean, I think it was right on the heels yeah. of both of them just shoving it on one of their rotations. And, and it was like, no. He's like, well, it doesn't look like it to us either. I mean, their ball was exploding out of their hand the last couple of pitches they were throwing. And so I'm with you. I think that there's a good balance of – we're going to keep an eye on things. We're going to try to be preemptive. We're going to try to plan things to where, you know, maybe if there's a day off here and there, maybe you're letting somebody that's a little more mature physically 
maybe you're you're moving a guy back a day. You know, if if it's not one of those, hey, he's really in a rhythm and he's rocking and rolling. If it's like, hey, right now is a time where you know ten starts into this thing and we're not even close to the All Star break yet, and we can we can we, with an off day tomorrow, we can move everybody back a day, and it gives our two youngsters an extra day of rest. You can do little things like that, but as far as implementing yeah. some sort of pitch count or inning count on these guys yeah i think that if you were going to do that last year was the year to do it, especially with kirby and they're an analytics driven organization there's no question about it but the but the results that they've gotten health-wise with pitching and we'll knock on wood just to make people feel better uh, about it um you know i i don't think that they lucked into that i think that they are I think that they're proud of how they prepare pitchers. And so it's kind of nice to hear because there are organizations. We watched it with Steven Strasburg when he was coming up. They were in the playoffs, Bucky. They were on their way to the playoffs, and they said they were going to shut him down, and they shut him down. Mm-hmm. And and they, so they were like – he was arguably their best pitcher. And we're not going to – we told you this is the inning limit. We don't care. We don't care about the playoffs. We care about keeping Steven Strasburg healthy. And lo and behold, Steven Strasburg has had nothing but injuries. Right. You know, his entire major league career. Even now, he's trying to come back from a major uh, injury that he missed all of last season and part of the previous season. I don't know if he'll ever be the same again. So, um, for the Mariners to get to the end and say, hey, I, yeah, we had like a soft number, but we're still believing the eye test a little bit here. We're not all analytics driven. And like Pete said on the airwaves with us, he doesn't look like he's tiring to me and we need him. So let's go. Yeah. So I, I think that that's refreshing. And I think for all of those that people that, you know, and I and I do wonder if you're just looking for things to be sad about <laughs> or pessimistic about, for all of those that we can't possibly be as healthy as we were a year ago with our pitching, well, maybe they can. You know, maybe that's what – maybe they're good at Maybe they're built for this. Maybe they're prepared for this. Injuries are part of this sport. I'm sure they're going to have some. Uh, but maybe not as many as other organizations who aren't as good as keeping their players on the field. Right. Well, the game's changed. I mean, from seem from when I played, you know, a decade or so ago, the game has changed immensely. It used to be, I mean, even before I played, it was you didn't do anything in the off season. There was no weight program. You showed up spring training, and you got your feet under you as far as just playing ball, being out on your feet, and you get your arm in shape and. And then there you go. Go get them, guys. Throw the balls out there and, and go play. And then when I was playing, it was like, no, you had to do some stuff in the off season. But then you showed up spring training, and then you kind of tried to ride whatever gains you, you achieved in the off season. You try to ride that throughout the season with minimal um, you know, workouts during the season because you're playing so many games. It's way more of a science now. I mean, I, I am certain that there's still some guys that go out and enjoy themselves, I'm sure. But I think that it's far fewer and far less, even for those that do, as far as they take care of their bodies better. And they have more information. There's more knowledge at their fingertips of how to yeah. do that. That said, there is no one cure-all guaranteed rule of thumb. Because like you said, you can shut a guy like Steven Strasberger down and then he blows out, and he basically is nothing, hasn't ever been anything except for injured ever since. You can go all the way back to, you know, guys like Nolan Ryan that threw eight or nine innings every single time, and they pitched until they're 42 with yeah. no injuries. You can you can say that there's young guys that you can't overtax them, and I think there's probably some validity to that. I mean, I know real young kids, you can't overtax their arm, or it is going to blow out at some point in time. But if nowadays we're at a, we're at a generation of baseball that – these kids, the Kirby's and the Logans, have 
basically their entire career has had an understanding about limits and and trying to keep things within perspective based on what age you are. I think once you become a grown man, which these are all grown men, they're young men. I still call them kids because they are compared to me. But I, you're a grown man. At this point, if you've figured out how your body works, there's no limit to what you can and can't do. Even that said, you still could get hurt. So I think that I'm with you. I think the organization believes that they have a philosophy because as the, I was talking about the growth from what it used to be to what it was when I played to where it is now, there is an ability. If there's if there's knowledge and data out there for that, then there's ability to be on the cutting edge of it. There's an ability to be the best at it, the best at limiting things, but also then meshing that with the old school eye test, and I think that this organization does that. Yep. Uh, well, if that's not the number one storyline, and maybe it is, maybe Daniel Kramer, DK, you know, DK. Kale uh, Eater. Kale Eater, uh, uh, Disco Kale, I like to call him. <laughs> uh, you know, DK Metcalf, a lot of people call him. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Uh, maybe that is the number one storyline. But if it's not, where do you go? What is what is the storyline that you see out of out of camp? Um, for heading me, into camp, obviously not out me, of camp. Heading into yeah, camp. Well, uh, yeah, obviously for me coming into camp, it's going to be similar to what I'm what I'm really going to be eager or what I'm going to be hoping for when they break camp. And so it's the youngsters. I mean, I, I gravitate, obviously, towards position players. They're the guys that play every single day. Um, this offense was scarce at times last year, and yet their pitching staff kept them in it enough to win 90 games and win a series in the playoffs. And I think that still is the blueprint for this team. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And yet they made a couple additions offensively, so I'm curious to see what Teoscar looks like. I'm curious to see what Colton Wong looks like. But more importantly, the nucleus of youngsters, the Julio, the Cal Raleigh, Ty France is still in that category, in my opinion. Um, those guys, I'm curious to see what those guys do because you don't have to go out and have gotten Aaron Judge in free agency in order for this offense to be drastically improved. If Ty France does what he's capable of doing during spurts and without getting injured and taking 57 hit-by-pitches and getting his arm blown up at first base – if he stays that same guy that uses the whole field for an entire season, that's an upgrade over what we saw last year because he had that little bit of lull after he hurt his elbow. Um, if Julio Rodriguez, I believe we're just scratching the surface of what this guy's capable of doing. If he repeats what he did last year or improves upon it, your offense got better. If Cal Raleigh is the guy we saw for the second half of the season, not the guy that we saw hitting 115 for the first part of the season, if he's that guy offensively, um, if Suarez is the same guy that he was last year, right? I mean, it, all of those guys, that's what I'm going to be looking for. I'm going to be looking to see, does it look, do they look like they're ready to pick up where they left off? And if so, I'm not really all that worried about the offense. Yeah, there's an element of it. And I know it gets kind of like joked about both at spring training and at training camp where you're looking who changed the most and physically. And we've talked about this in the, in past Stove podcasts. Um, but it does matter. And it's not just because that could help them play better. These are still young players. They're experiencing things for the very first time in their major league careers, and they 
this young nucleus enjoyed some success. So do you make that does that make you hungry for more success? Do some of them like rest on their laurels? This is easy. You know, and they don't have the same appetite. I've made it. It's over. Mm-hmm. You know, those types of mentalities, I mean, we're going to find out. We're going to find that's why I love being there at the very beginning of camp. We're going to see people and there will be people that have physically changed in the offseason. We've already seen Cal Raleigh, he looks slimmer. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he looks lighter, by the way. I think he went after it mm-hmm. this offseason and looks terrific. Uh, we, but now we saw him in a, you know, suit sport coat, coat yeah. sport coat. Yeah, exactly. A sport coat, not a baseball uniform. Um, but yeah, seeing Julio and every single year we tracked how much different he looked as the puppy was growing into mm-hmm. a dog. Yeah. Uh, and now, you know, you've just had a year where you were rookie of the year and the sensation in Seattle and uh, national claim and everything else, global, global interest in him. Uh, how did you attack the offseason? So that is all very interesting data and not just the talk show hosts and former baseball players, but believe me, Scott Service hadn't seen a lot of these guys in a while either. Mm-hmm. And he's going to take note of every single fat roll and uh, and yep. additional ab that was added in the offseason. I mean, they're going to take note of it. He's going to smile and welcome everybody back. But uh, they're, they're judging you the moment you get there. Yep. And I think that there's a – obviously there's – there's plenty of examples of people that have rested on their laurels, right, and thought, oh, this I got this, and then they don't go work. And I don't know every one of these kids or young guys. I don't know them that well. But just collectively as a group, you just kind of look up and down the roster. And it doesn't seem like there's a whole heck of a lot of guys that are out of place or row in a different direction. They all kind of seem like they are all rowing in the same direction. And that, to me, is one of the most empowering things as an athlete. When you're in the offseason and you've already went and worked out in the morning and then you're trying to eat well – and you can kind of go, ah, do I really need to go back again to the gym? Do I really need to go to the cage and get my 500 hacks in today or 1,000 mm-hmm. hacks in today? Do I really want to go work on picking balls and maybe wear one in the, in the nuts? No. <laughs> you, but you have all kinds of things. Well, if, you, if you're if you in touch with your teammates in the offseason, which I, I'm going to go on a limb and say this team is probably one that their group text doesn't die off in the offseason like some do, right, where you have clicks here and clicks here. This seemed like a team that was all kind of one big click with the exception of Jesse Winker. Yeah. And so I think that this team, if you all of a sudden are sending pictures to each other and sending videos and chatting back and forth, hey, I was doing this today and this really helped. If you're doing stuff like that, now all of a sudden you're holding each other accountable. I have a feeling that we're not going to see. You might have one guy that was maybe already kind of an outcast the way Justice Sheffield was a little bit that that. He, he was kind of on the outside looking in, and yet he wasn't buying into, I got to change some things about myself in yep. order to get in the in the cool crowd. You might have a guy here or there that's like that, but I think for the most part, I think this team kind of just got a taste of – excuse me. I, I think this team just got a taste of what it's like to play baseball at the highest level at the, in the playoffs – and I think that they're going to be chomping at the bit this yeah. offseason. Well, that's what you hope for. You hope that they understand <laughs> you haven't accomplished anything yet. Yeah, you made the playoffs, but uh, that's not the goal. You know? I mean, this whole thing, was the goal was not to make the playoffs. No, nope. This whole rebuild that we've wrung our hands over has not been about making the playoffs. It's about winning a championship. So anybody that comes back satisfied 
that a drought was broken. I don't even want them on the team. Right. So we'll see, and uh, we'll have a bird's eye view, and we'll pass that information along, and we'll be honest. You know, we will be if they're not going to be transparent, we'll have eyeballs on the situation. We will uh, during our training camp coverage. It starts on Monday. I'll give you my number one storyline. Um, and I think this happened the entire offseason. We, you know, I, the upgrades were made to this team. Teoscar Hernandez is an upgrade. Colton Wong is an upgrade. Uh, there were upgrades made to this roster. Don't let anybody tell you differently. But I, too, uh, sit here this morning um you know two days shy of, of uh, spring training beginning for the m's and i do carry some disappointment that uh, not more was done to help the offense in particular i feel great about the pitching both bullpen and starters uh but uh that that who you didn't go out there and get that additional bat i mean i think hernandez is an upgrade over hanniger but it's not like hernandez is replacing um you know uh nori aoki I mean, you're replacing a good player with a better player. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not some big, giant gain that you made out there. And I still wanted that one more bat. I'm still not sure what you're doing at DH. Um, that seems like there's need for one more bat out there. So there's a lot of pressure, Bucky. And 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 I think the number one storyline, if you're not going to make the move for that, is finding who that guy is from in-house. And obviously our eyes are going to Trammell. But more than that, it's Jared Kelnick. I think Kelnick's the story of spring training. I do. And I'm telling you right now, he worked his ass off this offseason. They are amazed at how he looks. They are blown away every time he steps into a batting cage. They are blown away every time he steps into a gymnasium. I mean, the hunger is there the the desire is there the uh physical tools are all there the skill the baseball skill it's all there so now that the expectation there's not going to be a hey kid you're going to make the roster this is take this ball and run with it and you're the only person that can fumble it mm -hmm. okay it's going to be up to him so everybody listening to this whether you hate him or love him you better be rooting for him because if he starts living up to his expectations, a guy that two years ago was on the same level as Julio Rodriguez, imagine getting a second Julio added to this mix. And I've given up hope that he's going to be that. Mm -hmm. I, Julio's going to be the better player. But, my, but the point is that they were supposedly, I mean, there was an argument just two springs ago, which one's the better prospect. Mm -hmm. so, if we, so if we get that guy that shows up in 2023 then there was no need to go out and add another bat but that's a big if at right. this point so to me that's the storyline it's finding that bat that makes you feel good about the lineup one through nine and hoping that it's kelnick mm -hmm. that's the story yeah because if you end up if we're, we're talking uh, and not our... by default because he looks that damn good right right yeah it's not I mean, they're trying to give him every chance imaginable, and understandably so. He's 23 years old. Uh, there's a lot of people that aren't ma haven't mastered their craft in any walk of life by the time they're 23, let alone something that's this difficult. And to have to go through your first phase of failure at the highest level with all of the pressure that he put on himself, and the organization did too, by bringing him up because of all the outside pressure, the Mather nonsense and they bring him up too early. They didn't think he was ready. He obviously wasn't ready, and then he didn't handle it appropriately between the years. 
So I'm with you. That's it's the biggest question mark, right? Is that extra bat? And yet they're kind of hoping they're not banking on it because you don't you have 162 games to play. So it doesn't matter if he comes in, shows up in shape. It sounds like he is has a good spring or decent spring, and all of a sudden you're starting him in left field. If he falls on his face, you didn't just blow your chance at winning the World Series or or going deep into the playoffs or making the playoffs by starting him in the first part of the season. Right. Because he's not a guaranteed, this is your job, and we're not going to lose it. It's not like Russell Wilson is the guaranteed starting quarterback for the, the Denver Broncos because you're paying him $50 million. It's not the case with him. Yeah, You're not paying him anything. You're hoping because he could way outperform what his contract is. He could way outperform what he's done. It doesn't take much to outperform what he's done so far. And if he ends up just being part of what he once was or once was considered that he could be, he has already proven he can play defense. He can run bases. He wants it. He tries hard. It's just get out of your own damn way when yep. you fail. And he might not be able to. He, some guys won't. Some guys never do. Mm-hmm. But to sit here right now and just say, there's no chance. Because I've seen him take 500 ABs at 22 and 23 years old, and I know he just can't. You're wrong. You don't know that, and you <laughs> have no idea what you're talking about if yep. you think that. Yep. I'm not saying it because I believe it's going to happen. I'm saying it because I hope it's going to happen. As a Mariner fan is what I'm talking about. Yep. And I do believe that it can happen, regardless of what the stats say of nobody's ever been good after this many at-bats with this poor of a start. I don't care. There's a first time for everything, and Jared Kelnick has the tools, talent. I'm just talking about when I watch him hit. I've seen a lot of batting practice in my day. I can tell when a ball looks different, sounds different coming off a bat. And I'm not the only one. You can tell. A lot of people can tell. He has that. That's the reason why he rose up as high as he did up the prospect list. And the reason he's fallen down that is because he hasn't proven it at the highest level. He has proven he is way better than AAA. Is he a 4A guy then, or is he a big leaguer? This is the year for him to show up and show out. And so to me, that's the biggest question mark. And that why it's the biggest question mark is because if he fulfills what he could possibly be, you just had an unbelievable off-season acquisition. You traded in the old, young Jared Kelnick for a newer, more mature one. That could be game-changing as far as what this lineup looks like. I mean, they describe him as the best practice player on the team. Now, that's a blessing and a curse. That's a curse because that means if you don't show up on game day, right? The, the that it's nothing about your approach or your – you know, it, or your doesn't translate. Yeah, your you're it, it's you're you're screwing yourself up. Mm-hmm. You know you, that you're psyching yourself uh, out at the plate. Um, but the blessing is, it's it's all there, it's there, and not everybody gets to say that when they become even a major leaguer. I get that every major leaguer was the best player on his high school team, but they don't show up. Not every single one of them shows up at spring training, and and looks like the best player on the field. Mm-mm. And that's what Jared Kelnick looks like, mm-hmm. the best player on the field. So just got to get him to translate that into major league at-bats. This spring is huge for him. You know, I mean, there's a very good chance he does not finish this year as a Seattle Mariner, but there's also a very good chance that things start to click and that our solution was in-house all along for that. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Piece in the lineup that seems right now to be missing. Yeah. And that's great, isn't it? I mean, you see things around the house... And, and you're like, God, that repair is going to be costly. And then somebody says, you know, all you got to do is take this thumbtack and press it through some gauze and then through a glob of glue. And then and it'll st- hold like that for years and it'll work like it's yeah. brand new. And you're like, boy, I sure hope that works. Yeah. Because if not, you know the expensive thing's coming. But if you're telling me that uh, this little gizmo that we've got right here in the toolkit Mm-hmm. Uh, can make my old one sing, then I just saved myself thousands of dollars for something that I didn't want to get rid of anyway. Right. Um, so w- we shall see. And then I will tack on to that. They, they, Taylor Trammell has blown them away this offseason as well. So one of those two guys clicks, we got a story on our hands. Right. So finding that bat that everybody, including myself, I'm including it myself and all the critics, that Phil's was not achieved in the offseason, if they can prove that we have it, that's the story of the spring right there. Right. Well, I mean, I'm I'm in the same boat, maybe a little bit different boat. Maybe my boat's not as, as far. I know yours isn't as far down the line as a lot of fans that just think they did nothing. But there's still disappointment like, ah, oh, man, it feels like we need another piece. I'm a little bit further back on that because my patience, and that this is straight up running through my – filter as a guy that if if organizations gave up on me by the time I was 22 or 23 I wouldn't be doing a radio show with you right now I wouldn't be I would have never set foot in a big league batter's box and so there is different times in which people thrive and and flourish and turn into what it is when they achieve their potential I mean I've used the word potential before and Ed Sheff used to say you know what potential means means you're not good now I mean to some degree that's true on the other side of it you can have a guy like Julio Rodriguez that has potential to be MVP, and yet he's still really good right now. To me, this is one where there's nothing saying that that left field position right now. You could have a guy in Jared Kelnick that is starting off right now, and they're just saying, "Hey, we're going to start. We're going to put you in the lineup against righties, so you're not going to have to worry about that breaking ball that gives you trouble. Um, we're going to put Pollock in there to platoon, and then all of a sudden, if both of you guys pop, our DH situation is taken care of." If neither one of you do, maybe Tremel steps up and is that guy. All of those are little question marks. And if none of them do, there's nothing saying that then they can't make a deal during the season before right. the trade deadline to yep. upgrade that. So to me, it's this, this team doesn't ever care. They don't care about winning. Or they're just being patient because they might have found the cheapest possible version and the best possible version. I mean, you're with the exception of going out and getting Aaron Judge, hey, I want you to play you know, <laughs> right field and we'll move Tosker over to left. With the exception of going out and getting one of the big dogs as a proven commodity, you can still find a piece. We could have a guy that is either in Jared Kelnick that is either not on this team at the trade deadline because they ship him out for a bag of sunflower seeds, or you could find a guy that could be arguably the best left fielder that this franchise has had. Man, I sure like that. Those are the. That's how far the gamut of possibilities runs with this kid. Yeah, yeah. Well, it uh, to me will be the thing that uh, we will discuss. Different subject. It might sound a little bit the same. Storyline number one: 
Talk of camp is another thing that always comes up. On last week's episode of uh, Stove Podcast, uh, we already told you about Bryce Miller. And Pete Woodworth, we asked about in our interview with him, the pitching coach, and he says, it feels to me like that answer's already been given. It's Miller. I mean, we're already – he already feels like the talk of camp, and I'm two weeks from even reporting. Uh, and so he seems to be the name, you know, the rookie high-rising prospect not a rookie but the prospect that's flying up through the rankings uh into the top 100 at mlb pipelines number 75 overall by keith law um and somebody that throws 102 miles per hour and i've been given an indication that they think he's major league ready right now whether that's a starter or out of the bullpen so we can't use bryce miller as our talk of camp prediction here do you have somebody else that you got your eye on that and, and talk of camp is who we just – you can't get away from the story. I mean, <laughs> it was sad that once upon a time it was Tiago Vieira. Right. And then another year was Tony Zick. Things weren't going too well uh, at that point for the Mariners. But for the last couple of years it's been Julio, Jared, and then last year Andres Munoz became the talk of camp. So uh, who do you think uh, emerges this year? Who are we going to not be able to escape the name because it just keeps popping up with everybody we're talking to? Well, I think that because of the combination of what he does on the field and then who he is and how he acts, I think Julio is going to be – Still going to be Julio. I, well, I think he's going to be the dude that's going to be the well, he's the star of, of camp. He's going to be the star of Seattle for the next 10-plus years. Yep. And so maybe that's not the – to me, it's I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's Luis Castillo. What I watched out of Luis Castillo last year when they finally acquired this guy was, I mean, there's not very many guys that I sit back at home and I go, I wouldn't want to go face that. <laughs> there's not very many. I mean, I don't care. You can throw 102, bring that cheese. I can't wait. But if you throw like 100 from a weird arm slot that has crazy run in on my hands and then nasty breaking stuff and a changeup that's pretty darn good too. He's a guy that I just feel like is a legitimate ace. Not that Robbie Ray isn't, but I don't know how Robbie Ray is. Robbie Ray is an ace. So how we want to Cy Young, and he's not a he wasn't even a bad pitcher for us last year, regardless of what a lot of people want to say. But Luis Castillo, that dude is that dude is just different. And I have a feeling that we're gonna go in there and watch him. And I'm just I guess it's the it's to, to me it's the story of Wow, how big of a difference is this team that's designed around the pitching staff with that guy at the top of it for the whole season? Because that guy, I feel like that guy is, you might possibly have four guys that can pitch at ace-type caliber in your starting rotation this year. I mean, you're going to have some hiccups out of the young guys. Robbie Ray's even going to. Luis Castillo's not going to have a perfect season. But you quite possibly, four out of five days, could be running a guy out there that everybody in that locker room which is the most important part, and then eventually everybody in Seattle goes, huh, what are we going to see today? Yeah. And Luis Castillo, to me, has the opportunity or the ability to just wow, wow, on every single time he takes the ball for every five days. Yep, yeah, no doubt, and get him for a full year, which is, you know, you have to factor that into your prognostication for the Mariners this year. They're going to have George Kirby and Luis Castillo for a full year. Are you kidding me? No, Castillo, we got for less than half the season uh, last year, and Kirby just, well, he had ended up with 25 starts. I should also mention Brash. Brash and Munoz yeah. were the talks of camp a year ago. I'm, I'm, I'm going to throw one out, and I'm going to cheat a little bit in my own little game that I'm playing because mine's not a who. Mine's a what. 
I think we're going to talk about these rule changes and the shift. It's going to come up in every single interview that we do. I mean, when we have Dylan Moore on, we're going to talk about the bigger bases. When we have Ty France on, we're like you're the only guy in the league that they didn't shift on. Are you? You know, we're, <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and now they're now they're getting rid of it. Uh, when we have Bone on Perry Hill, when we have him on, how does that affect? your coaching and the alignment and Colton Wong. Are you kidding me? Nobody's because he's got to defend that. Now mm-hmm. he's got that big field to defend and he's coming off the worst defensive season of his entire career. Uh, many people believe Kelnick is the guy that's going to benefit the most from this. Um, that now he doesn't have to worry about that and just goes up there and rips, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that, that he might thrive um, because of this. So I, and then Scott, trying to manage the game that's just every year getting a little bit different, not to mention the pitch clock that everybody's going to be on. I mean, there's not going to be an interview, Bucky, that it doesn't come up and that it's not going to affect every individual player in a different way than it did the previous guy that we interviewed and asked about Mm -hmm. it. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely going to be a story, and understandably so. I mean, you're changing the game. It's a game that I I don't think needs all of the tweaks and adjustments, but not up to me so they're making all these different changes and undoubtedly i mean the the shift restrictions is going to be a huge thing if i am a jared kelnick and i have i've been hitting against um guy playing rover where i rake a ball in the four hole between second base and first baseman and it just goes right to the second baseman that's playing shallow right field i would be pissed i mean i know how how long it took me to get over my mental struggles of wanting to be good, wanting to do it for my team, wanting to do it for my city, and then not doing it and feeling like I'm letting a bunch of people down. And yet when you do something, you do everything correctly and you smash a ball that's been a hit for the last 150 years as far as baseballs goes, and it's not now, I would be extra pumped about that. I can guarantee you when we ask Jared Kelnick, he's going to be like, oh, I'm excited about it. Not that you shouldn't still be able to go the other way, which he does from time to time, but he he gets some balls robbed, some base hits robbed from him. I think that's a huge one. The, all of that stuff. How big of a deal does Dylan Moore think? I mean, he's the guy that led the team in stolen bases last year. Sam Haggerty's a guy. Those they got to be thinking, wow, I can get another inch or two off on my lead because the base is closer getting back to first base by an inch or two, and now the second base is an inch or two closer. How many times do you see that super slow motion? Their oven mitt gets in there, and we're talking about two inches. Mm-hmm. There's a difference between being safe and out. Yeah. Are you telling me that those two guys that are a menace on the base pass, that those two guys are going to be more aggressive? That doesn't spell bode well for the the opponents and the pitchers that now can't pick off more than two times without it being being called a balk. If you pick off a third time, you don't get them. Yeah. That is a huge one for the base stealers. I, I think that one's just as big, if not bigger than the bases being yeah. bigger. So yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I think that it's going to be a huge storyline that we're going to be discussing in spring training. Cause we're going to get to talk to these guys and hear it right from the horse's mouth, but it's going to be a storyline that we're going to be talking about all season long. Yeah. I'm Munoz. Uh, is it, how's it changes his game? Does he have to speed up? He was the slowest in between pitches. Uh, a year ago so he's got to adjust to that does Diego Castillo have to throw a pitch without adjusting his cup oh man that's unfortunate yeah or his hat or his sleeve or his you know Paul Seawald does his little arms up over the head thing every pitch so Seawald Seawald's slower than Castillo in between pitches that's hard so, to believe because Castillo does his hats off and then on and then not adjust and then I guess he does it on the rubber though so yeah. there's not the walking around and stalking his prey kind of thing that Munoz 
uh, does and Seawald with all his, yeah, you know, gyrations Jackson, and high five to no one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, I think it's going to come up virtually in every single interview uh, that we do. So I think that's really going to be the uh, talk of camp. Let's just do one other uh, quick round, uh, and and again, uh, just stuff that we might see at camp. Who at this point is a mystery to you going into camp? Give me like a player that you just have no idea at this stage in the process, like what, what, where we're at with this person. And this is a mystery that's going to need solved. We need to get eyeballs on the problem, the situation uh, immediately, and can't wait to find out some details. Oh, boy. Well, I mean, besides Kelnick, obviously. Um, I'll get you started because yeah. I'm catching you off guard, and okay. I already have somebody in mind. Okay, who do you think? Evan Flippin' oh, White. Yeah, so crazy because he wasn't even on my radar, and yet he's right there. I mean, what is, what, what is going What do we have? I mean, this was supposed to be floor extraordinaire. This was supposed to be an answer when they signed him before he'd even made up to an extension before he'd even – even played in the big league. Played a single, seen a yeah. single big league pitch, and now all of a sudden, it seems like the feeling is, whatever we get, if we get anything, we're going to be surprised by. Mm-hmm. Nobody's burying him. The yeah. defensive tool is still there. I mean, they've been jockeying around with moving him to a utility possible kind of role, which I think wastes what he's truly valuable at. But you've said it before. What if he hits? Huh. What if he comes up to spring and he hits, and now all of a sudden you're like, Ty, sorry, buddy, you're a DH. Yeah. Because even though you're good and getting better, it seems, every game at first base, you're not Keith Hernandez. No. And so what if he hits? What if he's the answer? It, again, nobody's counting on that to right. be the case. But he's on the team. He makes a good salary. He's healthy again, the healthiest he's been in three years, according to everybody at the media luncheon. Boy, again, there's something to root for, unexpected, that like this was supposed to be a piece of this. It'd sure be nice to have him back in the fold. Yeah, well, he jumps right into that same category for, to a little bit of a lesser degree than the Kelnick because, you know, Kelnick is – He's going to start the season at a minimum, I would say, as a platoon guy, whereas Evan White, we don't even know for sure if he's going to make the team because he hasn't been healthy in so long. Yet at that that pre-spring training luncheon thing, they said he's as healthy as he's been in three years. Okay, so that means he's going to be on the field or he's going to be able, be capable of being on the field. Well, if that's the case, he did win a gold glove while he couldn't hit his way out of wet paper bag. I mean, he gold glove-wise, as far as defense goes – snipers hits from other people and while i do enjoy the growth that i've watched ty france make because he looked not good over there when he first moved to first base and then went to where he was playing borderline gold glove first base making some really really good plays still not the same target for guys he didn't pick it as well as as evan white does and so how good a first baseman makes the rest of the infielders is something that's hard to really put into you know put into numbers Mm -hmm. he's a guy that does that when I watched this guy hit, and he's hit his whole career, he just, when he got to the big league level, guys at the big league level, the thing that they're the best at is locating pitches and, and keeping you off balance. And if all of a sudden they can locate a couple times that high fastball and you have a loop in your swing and you can't catch up to it, 
they don't make mistakes. They don't make very many mistakes that you're just going you're going to hit 115. You're going to hit 120 because they're going to just abuse that hole in your swing. To me it's not that difficult. It's the same fix that Cal Raleigh had to fix. Cal Raleigh fixed it. Wow. So Evan White can fix the same exact thing. He's been somewhat in in a bit of uh, kind of somewhere in between, I think, between trying to do things the way that the Mariners are wanting him yep. to do it, which is taking him away from what he's done his whole life. And so when you're in between, that's the worst place to be. You either yep. got to be bought in, I'm going your way, I'm going to do it your way. Or you got to say, I can't do it your way. I've tried it. It doesn't work. I'm doing it my way. And then he's been kind of in between, and that's not where he needs to be. So to me, it's it's already money spent. And so if he if he's healthy and he comes into spring training, I think it's a huge, well, look at that. It's another part of this. I mean, not all of these things, these question marks are going to pop. But it's just a couple of them do. Mm -hmm. You have all of a sudden make a gig made a gigantic upgrade if all of a sudden Ty France can be your DH because you put a gold glover back out at first base that can hit 240 and pop 20 home runs. That's not hard to achieve. That is just take yeah. shorter swings on a regular basis, square the bitch up, and you will hit 240. <laughs> it's not that difficult. Yeah. I mean, it's not easy, but it's not that hard. It's difficult to execute. It's not difficult to arrive at that philosophy yes to 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 commit to that philosophy is not hard yeah to actually execute it on a regular basis when oh boy i really want to hit a bomb oh i haven't hit a bomb in eight days i haven't hit a bomb in 15 days i really want to hit a bomb oh, muscle up loop in your swing now you just missed the pitch that you could have hit but to to just say okay i have four months in the off season what do i need to fix yeah i'm telling you right now i'd have a t if i'm evan white i'd have a t that is as high as my chin and I would have taken 500 swings a day of trying to hit a line drive that never goes up in the air. Never. It's, if it's a ground ball that would be a ground ball back to the pitcher, it was a good swing because I got on top of that pitch. You just do that and take that loop out of your swing. He's got pop. He's got good hands. You don't have that. You can't play defense that way if you don't have good hands. Yeah. So he's got good hands. He's athletic. He just has to figure out that they abuse that deficiency in my swing. And if I don't get rid of that deficiency, I'm going to continue being abused. Yeah. Well, it's going to be something. I, I'm looking forward to seeing him, watching him play a few games and see what what he's got. Again, these these coaches, and they don't, they're not sitting there with him every day during the offseason holding their hand. Mm -mm. Some of them show up and absolutely blow their pants off mm -hmm. of the work that they put in, in the gym, in the cage, and they can't believe how good they look. You know, well, I can't wait to meet that guy mm -hmm. uh, on this roster. And I'm really hoping that Evan White's the one that does that to us. Yeah, that'd be you know, nice. I already know that Kelnick's in great shape, and they're already impressed by how he looks in a cage and what he did in the offseason. So that's not going to be a surprise. His is about getting there to the mental game where he's having success between the lines against major league pitching consistently. But there, there is that that player that went away came back you know you just had that girl in junior high did you not mm -hmm. that everybody made fun of the tom the tom boy mm -hmm. you know uh, you know and then uh, all of a sudden she shows up in junior high and you're like what happened to tanya beeman <laughs> <laughs> oh tanya uh -huh. that's a real person in your life isn't it? it is yes <laughs> it absolutely yeah. unfortunately is. that was one of my sisters monica was that one and all my all my friends were like oh where did those come from <laughs> that was what happened i'm like shut up it's my sister uh but yeah he is 100 percent. and you know what in getting to know him and the little bit that we've gotten to know him over the last few years 
he doesn't seem like a guy that is like, I got my contract, I'm good. He's not. He's not okay with where he's no, at right now. No, he's coming back from injuries. Where he's he the type that would like, if, if this doesn't work out, we'll give all the money back. Yeah, I didn't feel like Sorry, I earned guys. it. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna keep a little bit of the signing bonus because I want to start a farm and a family. Yeah, that, and that's <laughs> he Evan does White. Seem like yeah. that kind of guy. Yeah, uh, and yet I'm I'm certain that he knows. Getting to the, the the saying is getting to the big leagues is easy. Staying in the big leagues is hard. I I, diff, I beg to differ to some degree. Getting there was hard as shit. It was hard. <laughs> it was really hard to get there. But staying there proved to be even more difficult. Now, that was because of injuries. injuries. But at the same time, his is in part because of injuries. Yeah. He hasn't had an opportunity to work on those holes in his swing that I was talking about because he had a hip surgery. Hip surgeries are no laughing matter. That's not something you go out and do bending over to play first base and then the torque that you put on your lower half when you're taking swings is not something you just do willy-nilly oh my hip it's it's a 65 percent i'm good no you're not good you're not even close to good and mm -hmm. so to me if he's actually healthy and he can stay healthy and he can fix those holes in his swing he is another guy that you could be like we could literally be talking 55 60 games in the season like what in the world i mean it's my optimistic nature's Oh my God, Kelnick popped, and Pollock is is doing great at DH when mm. he's hitting, when he's getting his spot starts here and there, and Ty France is doing amazing things, and Julio is the front runner for the MVP, and Evan White is all of a sudden a guy that you can count on to go up there and bop one every once in a while and pick it. JP Crawford looks like he's strong, and he's going to maintain that strength throughout the whole season. <laughs> Suarez still hits. I mean, I can see how this whole thing could turn into wow talk of the league now. Chances are not all of them are going to pop, and so we're going to have some holes to fill, but there is still time to do that. Yep, yep. Uh, all right, well, it's going to be fun. Uh, I've done this every uh, Stove podcast. I usually do it at the beginning. I'll do it at the end just uh, quick uh, to close this out. Yeah, you're a player. Um, tomorrow you're getting on a plane to go to spring training. What are you going through? Well, I drove down, so I would always want my rig. I went one time. I went spring training without a car, and so then you're at the mercy of who, whatever buddy wants to take you to the field. And and Ed Sheff told me, you know, when I was leaving college, he says, "You want to make it to the big leagues?" I said, "Yes, sir." And he says, "I'll tell you one thing to do. If you do this, you'll make it." And I said, "What's that?" I thought he was gonna be like, you know, drop dick on it or something, right? <laughs> he says, "Be the first one there and the last one to leave." Well, the year that I went spring training, I didn't have a choice, right? I mean, I had a choice of when I could, who I was going to ride with, but you'd kind of say, all right, Chuck, you're, I'm riding with you tomorrow, right? That's what you say as you go in your motel room. And, yeah. And then you don't come out for 15 minutes after when we said we were going to leave, and now I don't get there when I want to get there. I said, I'm not going to do that anymore. I want to be in charge of when I'm going to leave, and that's what's going to happen. So I would drive down. And so these couple days, I would usually drive from here to Ogden, Utah, which is where I played rookie ball, and I stayed with a host. We lived with a host family because I made three hundred dollars every two weeks, and so I would visit them, Joe and Jenny Hernandez, and and stay with them for one night, and then head into Phoenix. And oh my gosh, man, the 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 drive was so much. It wasn't anxiety as much as just um, excitement. You just can't wait, especially when if you feel like you had done, you know, one hundred and fifty days of 
saying to yourself when you're brushing your teeth at night, I've done everything I can do to get better and, and achieve my goal this year, right? If you can say that to yourself and you're honest when you're looking in the mirror at the night, getting ready to go to bed about that, when you're making that drive down to make that first impression to those people that, like yours talking about, Scott Service is going to notice every roll and he's going to mark it down. I don't mm-hmm. mean dinner roll, I mean belly roll. Yep. Or every single guy that looks like, oh, well, you found a weight room. The When you did the work, to prepare yourself to go down to spring training and you're driving down there that the excitement that you have because you can't wait to pull into the facility get your bag out go find where your locker is and then one by one you start running into coaches and front office people and they're like oh hey you know shake your hand and give you that little slap on the shoulder that you flex a little bit so they can feel how yeah. hard it yeah, is yeah, yeah. that whole thing that right now is and it doesn't matter how long I'm going to be out of the game. At this point, there's a little itch, right? Yep. I went and hit the other day. I did a little hitting lesson for a buddy of mine um, for his kid, Jackson. And and I took my bat and my batting gloves so I could kind of show him a couple of things. And my buddy goes, huh, still a little pop in that bat. Huh? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, if they just give me reading glasses, I could I could go up there and hit, I think. Um, but, no, it's th- this time of year right now is the excitement is just getting ready to boil over because – you can't wait to get going. The off season is you're working on a bunch of stuff that you need to work on, that you need work that you're not all that good at. And now is the time when you get to go down there, at least for the first couple of weeks, you get to kind of show off what you worked on. And, and so you're super excited at this yeah, point. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, our spring training coverage starts on Monday. Uh, so that will be 17, 18, 19, what, the 20th? 20th. Uh, so Monday the 20th, uh, we'll be down there, uh, Chuck and Bucks, 6 to 10. Uh, this is our last stove podcast, so we wrap things up. Um, so, of course, we'll be covering the Mariners all season long. Uh, and then uh, John Stanton, uh, this Thursday, the 16th, is going to join us on our show at 9 a.m., so make sure you're tuned in for that. We'll ask the hard questions, uh, but uh, not too hard. Hey, don't want to anger billionaires. No. No. I'm going to ask him if he's uh, yeah. going to get me a – cat that farts rainbows yeah well you can afford it if anybody can it is him so thank you for joining us uh, all off season hopefully you enjoyed it uh, got some information out of it uh, enjoyed some of uh, bucky's stories about you know preparation and things of that nature um and uh, we cannot wait till the preseason gets underway much less the regular season so uh this is going to be a blast uh, here in 2023 uh, mariner fans so thanks again for joining us and uh we'll we'll be talking to you throughout the year uh have a blast too all right i gotta put this i gotta do a promo real quick here for stanton coming on hey it's chuck from chuck and buck and this thursday 9 a.m make sure you're tuned in john stanton is going to be joining us the owner of your seattle mariners will ask him all things big or small that's right the big cheese he is in the ha- how could i say that with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 